We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Well, welcome in, everybody. It is Thursday morning, and it's our last uh, show of the of the week this week. Um, I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, in the morning. It is Thursday, right? God, I don't even know. It's- I, I've been a week. I've been a day ahead all week, all week. So it is Thursday. I might just take tomorrow off and turn it into Saturday. So last show go. of the regular season. Wow, we got to get our predictions ready. It's come and gone. 18 games, week 18, 17 yeah. games. I still can't add one. 16 plus one is throw me off. I'm yeah. out. Too hard. Yeah, I guess I should have maybe even added in the title uh, our Chargers prediction, but this team is so banged up that we don't even know the uh, half the names. out. Now, we know the names, but we haven't seen half the names out there. We'll talk a little bit of Broncos Chargers, uh, no doubt. Will the Chargers be playing for anything? Um, that's something they might have the fifth seed locked up by the time the Broncos game comes around. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, let's say hello to some people in the chat as everyone starts to roll in here. We got Jeremy Sean joining us here, 628 a.m. before the show's even going on, uh, saying good morning. Question of the day, speaking of the mock draft, who is going to be doing the drafting? TBD um, on that one. Uh, I think the one thing we know for sure is that George Penner is going to be involved and interested in the process. I think that's the one thing we can say for sure. He's already, you know, inserting himself in the head coaching search and football operations, even though he's kind of new to that. He's maybe, you know, he's not going to be sitting there stomping his feet, I'd hope, uh, for players in the draft. But uh, he's going to be, I would guess he's going to be involved. I know who's going to do the draft, the general manager. Or the head coach, maybe? <laughs> the general manager is going to do the drafting. Yeah. Who, who is the general manager, though? <laughs> That's, that ends up being the question. So, the general manager. Yep. That's is, that, a, uh, is that George Payton? Maybe? Yeah. 50, so, 50, 50, I'd lawyer 50. that one, Jeremy. That's how I'd answer that one. And just on the general manager, George Payton talk here, it does seem like, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a lot of people... Uh, sources in Denver national media were saying, oh yeah, George Payton's safe. George Payton's safe. Well, and then he's going to be part of the um, the press conference announcing, you know, Hackett being fired. Oh, George Payton's a part of it. If he wasn't going to be on the team, he wouldn't be there. Well, a lot of it seems like conceding of power, things kind of a weird relationship. And then you have Albert Breer with an article out on Sunday mentioning that neither uh, George Payton nor Chris Ballard are completely safe. And a lot of it's going to depend on who comes in at head coach. And if that head coach wants to bring in his own guy and the head coach would have to have a lot of power uh, to be able to pull that. And that means to me, the only two guys that it would make sense for that would be 
John Harbaugh and uh, Sean Payton. Those you guys might be operating say, as if he's planning to be. That gives you options. If he wasn't at that conference, you've, you've shown your hand, you know, so he, mm-hmm. he's got to be there. If he's not, you've yeah. shown your hand. He's not going to do it. You've, 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 you're now past the point of no return. If you're not 100% sure, you don't get rid of them both at the same time, then that gives you some options to do that. It certainly doesn't, as Jeremy says, he's safe ish. I, I agree. I mean, I think I'd lean towards it. it he's, he'll, he'll be back, but. Again, it, it's it, to me, it's not a sure thing. Yeah. How shocked would you be if he was fired uh, Black Monday? Let's say they kept him just to run the operations stuff on the football side of things to close out the season. And then it's like, okay, well, season's over. It was ugly. Thanks, George Payton. You're going to be, you're going to land on your feet. I'm not worried about George Payton one bit. He's going to have a good spot in the front office. Uh, but yeah. do you think he could be moved on that quickly? Or is it something that you wait until the head coaching hire is done? I don't know. It wouldn't shock me totally. I mean, at this point, you know, if if it's going to happen, and let's say the odds are thirty percent, than it does. Mm-hmm. There is no good time. You want to do it before Senior Bowl. I mean, Senior Bowl is coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do it, you want to have a staff in place before you get get guys out on the road for Shrine Bowl and Senior Bowl, which is in three weeks. Three, you know, th- yeah, three and a half weeks coming up fast. And you've got pro days, and you've got combines. You need to have all that in place before then. So, do you do all that, then cut them loose? You know, the day after the draft, you fire your general manager and say and go through free agency. That would be cutthroat. Um, but you know, hey, here's a year severance. Thank you. You know, we're yeah. we're gonna pay off the rest of your contract. You're still getting paid if you're not doing the work. You know, that there's there are parachutes in there that makes it seem, you know, I could go get another job and I just got a year's salary. Oh, okay. You know, that's that's not bad. I, I would think. The best time to do it would be the day after the freaking draft. Yeah. Um, that would be cutthroat. Cutthroat as hell. But that's why I'm leaning towards he's safe-ish. Yep. Well, we, uh, we're we on George Payton watch now, uh, which is something that you know a lot of people pushed back against. Um, but it was with how bad this team has been, with how bad the moves have been, There's, and it's with what we've heard from the ownership, um, definitely a possibility. Let's say hello to some people in here shifting gears, sunny days with the beautiful sunset picture there and the, the coffee, the thumbs up and the hearts. Good to see you, Sonny. We appreciate you. We got Phil coming in here saying good morning, guys. Good morning to you, Philip. Uh, hopefully, you'll, Phil and Philip is both okay, but uh, we enjoy you coming in. We got our guy, Swink McCloud, mm-hmm. saying morning all. Good to That's see you, Swink. Name. I, and Swink's been around a while. He's got a profile mm-hmm. that goes back 10 years. So welcome in, Swink. I recognize Swink. Okay, um, good. That's a, it's an interesting enough name that that one is in my head. We've definitely had Swink in here before, maybe more of the nighttime shows. Um, but I, I recognize Swink. Dave Glassman coming in with the hearts. Good to see you, Dave. We know this one, Greg Smith, top of the morning, Broncos for breakfast. Greg, hopefully you're doing well. I've uh, been thinking about you and sending good vibes with the uh, news of your mother passing. Hopefully, I don't, I haven't had many close family members pass away, so I don't, I've been fortunate in that, so I don't know what it's like. But uh, either way, sending you good vibes and, uh, Hopefully it was a beautiful service and you and your family are uh, having a lot of good memories uh, to look back on there. Richard Miles. Good morning, guys. Glad to catch you guys this early. We're here 730 a.m. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. There will be probably a little break in February at some point, but Mm -hmm. uh, we'll get there when we get there. Uh, We got Darius Simmons coming in saying morning, guys. Unpopular opinion, but I think we should draft edge round one. Our pass rush is concerning. Uh, What do you think here, Scott? Edge rusher round one. you are correct, and I will say one thing, Darius. You are correct in saying that's going to be unpopular to the masses. Now, a couple of draft heads like Scott and I, 
we might not totally disagree with you. So what do you think, Scott? Um, you, you never hurt my feelings with a pass rusher. Um, you've got one more year of Randy Gregory, and then you can move on. If you have another year like you did this last year, you will move on. Mm-hmm. You've got Baron Browning then as your number one edge, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. That's concern. That's a little concerning. You've got you got a lot of Robins. You still need a Batman. Uh, can you get a an edge that far back in the draft that is going to be you know a top guy, an alpha guy, Bradley Chubb type? Um, Von Miller type, you know, probably not. Maybe. Carl Loftus is playing pretty well for the Chiefs, and he fell down into that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear his name all the time when I'm watching the Chiefs now. Um, you know how much I liked Carl Loftus. <laughs> again, you're better off at edge than reaching for an offensive lineman. You know, yeah, you need a tackle. Yes, you need a guard. Yes, you need a center. But I, I it would do. it's not going to do me any good if I reach to fill a need. Um, you know, we, Nick and I have this discussion with you all the time about best player available. And I think it's kind of nonsense, um, because best player available is so subjective. Um, but as Nick has always described it is you put them in tiers also, like say you've got a, a grade on them. This is an A, this is an A minus, And I've got five guys in there. If I've got an edge, that's a B, I'm not going to elevate them to a spot where I've got three A's. I'm going to take my biggest need out of that A group. So, yeah, you could get help just about anywhere, Darius. Mm-hmm. And with that pick, you're going best player available based on your board. Yeah. When you when you come there and picking from, like I said, it's not going to be one guy unless there's a discipline thing where one guy's still up there who should have been a top five player and fell down here. Otherwise, you're going to have a group of about six, eight players to choose from. And you're going to pick the one from there that that fills the need the best at that point. And if there's not an offensive lineman in it, you don't reach for one. Yeah. And what's unfortunate about where the Broncos are going to be picking, granted, you'd rather have the first round pick than not. But uh, in this mock draft coming up, we're going to talk about they have the 27th pick. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From what I've watched so far and also from talking to people um, who are very connected in the draft community and uh, the league itself, it sounds like there's not going to be as many first-round grades uh, this season in this class. Now there's going to be a lot of day two grades, um, but what's going to like, I think about like pick, they were saying like about pick 18, 16, that's where the first round grades might cut off in this cycle. What's going to want somebody to trade up from pick, you know, 40 to 27 to get a second round grade guy when there's going to be a bunch of second round grade guys available. It's just, it's not a great draft for that perspective. Um, yeah. Obviously that can change. Um, no, let's look at that. Let's look at that, Nick. Cause we, we said very similar last year. You know, that the, yep. the depth in the draft last year was second round, was second mm-hmm. and third round. 
So I'm going to start listing from, I'll start at, let me see where Tyler Smith is. So I, he's at 24. So let's say 20, I'm going to read 20 to 32 real quick. And you're going to go, you're going to, you're going to end up rolling your eyes all the way back through the top of your skull. Uh, last year, Kenny Pickett, Trent McDuffie, Quay Walker, Kaylor Elam, corner, Tyler Smith, OL, hit, Tyler Lindebaum, OL, Jermaine Johnson, there's your edge, Devin Lloyd, linebacker, Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle, Cole Strange, George Karloft, it, there's another hit at edge, Daxton Hill, defensive back, and Louis Cine, uh, defensive back. A lot of date, I would say round two grades uh, right. for the most part, right. but... It's like- you traded up and, and got a first round for it, but again, so, are you better off moving back 10 spots and getting a second and a fourth? Maybe. Probably. Maybe, yeah. The big question will be the value of the uh, fifth round option um, on those guys, especially now that the fifth round, it has become guaranteed, but now it's tiered. There are three different tiers of the fifth round option, so it protects teams a little bit as well. Uh, so interesting discussion. Right now I'd be in the team trade back, uh, but you have to have somebody who's willing to come up. And right. You have to have a player that's valuable enough to come yeah, up. And for last it. year was was not a. I didn't want to trade up in last year's draft. Nope. Everybody wanted to move back. Yep. So we'll see. Um, we got Andrew coming in here saying, "Morning. How many of these hamstring injuries are business decisions? I think a lot of them are. We're playing meaningless football. Why would we risk you playing hurt when you could? You know, if you're playing with a slightly injured hamstring, you're favoring a side, or you're using a little bit more imp- uh, not proper technique." And you're more likely to get injured something else. So I think it's just a long-term uh, decision. And also, this is an exhibition game for the Broncos. So get guys reps. For Andrew's point, did you hear the first two words? Well, Nick's first two words were, I think. The next two words were, a lot. That was the next two words out of Nick's mouth. I think a lot, a lot, Andrew. That was what Nick just said. Because whether it's a decision on the player or a decision on the franchise, when you're playing meaningful football, injuries don't seem to happen quite as often. That mm-hmm. could be part of the six-year swing that we've talked about, Nick, with some yep. of these things. Now, when we're talking about broken bones and torn pectorals and ACL injuries, that's not what we're talking about here. You know, We're talking about things that you really can't diagnose except from the player himself, which mm-hmm. is muscle pulls in a lot of cases, unless there's a tear or inflammation of some sort. So, I mean, meaningless football, get other guys reps, uh, protect your more highly valued assets. Um, the outcome of the game doesn't really matter except for pride. Uh, Jamal Killian's coming in saying, good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you, Jamal. Uh, we got Alabama Chagrin saying, good morning, gentlemen. It seems like Harbaugh has always been a build from the trenches kind of guy. That's one thing I like most about Harbaugh is that everywhere he's gone, his teams, A, he's built teams, he's built culture, and he's built teams that perform the same way. They're tough, they're big, they're fast. They're a see football, eat football uh, kind of team out there, you know, shove it down your throat. And uh, I think that's something that given where Russell Wilson's at in his career, given where f- current uh, defensive football is at, I think that would play quite well uh, in the NFL right now. You know, these light boxes, these two high safety shells, you know, more defensive backs out there. Uh, I think that's the way to go uh, personally. So I would love to have Harbaugh being a trenches uh, run centric coach here uh, in Denver. But we'll see. He's not going to be the only Denver's not definitely not the only team interested. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. Now I've got, when did he play at Michigan? Because it doesn't matter. The, the, my point will be the same. I felt like he was a Bo Schembechler Schembechler guy. Mm -hmm. You build from the trenches. I mean, that's hard nosed, big old school 
Big Ten football. And even if it was Lloyd Carr, um, I'm, I'm not quite sure where those where that happened. It was about 89. Um, and Harbaugh's – how old is Harbaugh? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, uh, he's, I think he's a few years older than I am. So I think he played for, uh, for Schembechler. That's a pretty good influence there. It'd be like playing for Gene Stallings. Your influence there is one in the trenches. Uh, I agree. So, Rome, welcome. First time tuning in live. Appreciate you checking in. And Andrew Lampy, I've neglected to say thank you for the stars. Thank you for breaking the ice for us on Facebook for sure. Always a big help. Um, but yeah, he. I would. I would. I'm almost positive he paid, played under. Boy, that's, I'm messing up my L's there. Harbaugh played under Shem Beckler at Michigan, which would be an influence there for sure. Which is winning the trenches. Yep. It uh, carries over, protects your quarterback, and can shorten the game and let you dictate a little bit. And when teams have taken it to the Broncos, it's been a lot of times because of the Broncos getting whipped in the trenches. Uh, it's just It looks worse, too, when you do that. It just it feels like a worse kind of loss. Uh, also sucks when you can't stop anybody on defense. Uh, DWI guys coming in saying, good afternoon, gents in Broncos country. Good to see Ethan. And yeah, also shout out again to Andrew Lampy breaking the floodgates there with the uh, stars this morning. If you guys want to be like Andrew, obviously we appreciate all these super chats and super stickers and uh, everything like that keeps the lights on here, keeps these shows running. But if you can't do that, make sure you're clicking the thumbs up, uh, liking and subscribing on YouTube. That's a equally uh, valuable way to support the show, and we'd appreciate that. Doug Freeland coming in saying good morning, guys. Always appreciate Doug with his cute uh, yellow lab picture there, rocking the hat. We got our guy Michael Wilson coming in saying good morning, Nick and Scott. How can the Broncos draft anything other than offensive line first? They are horrendous. Broncos fan from Texas. When you're picking 22nd to 31st overall, uh, probably where the Broncos are going to be at, you need to have a lot of options. And luckily for the Broncos, it's not the first round pick isn't the only way to add talent this year. You have free agency. You can add somebody via trade. You have the rest of the draft. Uh, Broncos need to hit on the draft. I Just for uh, perspective here, um, the Raiders went into a draft a couple years ago thinking we needed offensive line no matter what. They took Alex Leatherwood. How's that panning out for them? they reached on a player within two years. They waived him within two years in the, you want to add offensive line. I agree with you hundred percent in the end. It comes down to the individual player and the assessment and the evaluation of that player. So you have to match the draft slot with the talent, not the position. Uh, otherwise you're in a position where you're waving talent two years after you drafted them in the first round. Right. And, and again, it's a long-term play, mm-hmm. Michael. So you want to start thinking about, um, you know, fifth year options. My first rounder I want to have for a decade. I mean, that's it's not a it's not a one year thing. So do I want to? Oh, we really need a center. Do I want to take a center? Okay, well, let's say it turns out to be a good center. And my fifth year option, if I'm gonna pick it up, I'm gonna use the Raiders for example. The fifth year option on a running back was more than running backs make. So they didn't pick it up. They want to resign him, but they don't want to pay him fifteen million dollars and make him the highest paid running back. So if there's not a tackle and you want to reach for him, and just looking at last year's draft, there were I mentioned three offensive linemen that did okay in that tier where you'll be picking. The year before, there was only one offensive lineman, Christian Darasaw, that got picked. He got picked 23rd by Minnesota. So the worst thing you can do, Michael, and again, you've heard me say it before, I'll roll my eyes when someone says, you know, why why they picked out who he was the best player available. There's there's five thousand players available. There's no way you picked the best player available. No way. No way. Didn't happen. Unless we're doing it. Unless we're right. doing it. And then I'm, I'm going to pick the best one. No. But you don't. You can't reach. You cannot reach for a guy you think is at 40. And, a, well, we couldn't trade back and we really needed a center. 
And now I got a guy that should be a second rounder that I'm paying five times as much. And I, I should have taken a much better football player uh, that would help my team. So you keep stacking good football players on top of good football players. You'll be all right. Even if it's not, you know, and I said that about from the very beginning, I said that about Pat Sertan, you know, you, yes. Would you rather have a bunch of first round draft picks back and Justin Fields at quarterback right now? Probably. Maybe. Probably. <laughs> are you are you upset that you've got Pat Sertan? No, you got a 22, 23-year-old building block for the next 10 years at one of the hardest positions to fill. Mm-hmm. Done. Check that off the box. Now I need to go and do some other things. Yep. So that that's why. There's other ways. I've said I want six offensive linemen. I've said six. I want yep. six new offensive linemen. Three in the draft. But don't reach. Yep. Don't reach and, and ruin the first-round pick that you gave up Bradley Chubb for. Yep. And ideally, I mean, there's good, definitely a chance it could be offensive line and that'd be great. Uh, but, and we'll talk about that here in a bit. Um, there will be offensive linemen available, but there are other avenues um, to add talent as well. And before you, if you get yourself to the point where you feel like you have to use your first round pick on position X, you've already failed. You're, you're, you're probably already punting until next season because that is no way to build a team. You backed yourself into a corner. You should have taken care. You should have taken care of that position to the point where you feel comfortable entering the draft. Um, that's just it's bad team building. It's bad philosophy uh, entering that way. So obviously, again, so would love another offensive lineman, uh, not just for right tackle, not just for guard, but maybe even left tackle with Garrett Bowles's contract with how he was playing this year with the injury. I mean, a lot of questions, a lot of uh, turnover that could happen on that unit. Uh, string guy coming in here. String, string guy coming in here, saying, uh, "Good morning, Zach." Uh, good morning. Zach said a while back uh, he would use most of, if not all, the picks on the offensive line. Does that fix the team? Do you guys agree? If you're using every single pick on the offensive line, how many of those guys are actually starting? Two, maybe. Uh, I don't know if it makes the offensive line even better than what it was this season, considering the amount of rookies. And when you do that, you're going to be hurting your depth on special teams, especially. None of those guys are really playing special teams. You're you need running back. The churning but talent there, especially Javante Williams. You need help all across the defense in terms of depth. Uh, we saw it this season. We've seen it as the season went on. The Broncos were number, I think, two in the NFL in EPA per play on defense the first 10 weeks of the season. And since then, they're 22nd, 23rd, because injuries have mounted up and their depth has shown not to be good enough. Um, so I think that would be, I think Zach's talking with hyperbole <laughs> in that one. I'm going to give him the benefit on that one, but uh, no, using I, every I've single listened bit. to, I've been on all the podcasts. Zach's have been on, Zach's been on except for like one in the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so Zach has talked about the first round, you know, how can anybody think of doing anything other than offensive line in the first round? I just went on a five minute discussion on why Yeah. now do you want to have a great offensive line prospect available in your spot and pick him? Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. That should be the top priority going in and here. Uh, but if it doesn't, if it's not a fit, don't reach. Do not reach. That's the worst thing you can do in, in a draft is reach. You know, even if you got a chance to trade back and pick up more picks, I, I would do that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the worst thing, and you give up a guy, well, that guy turned into this. That's okay. I got two good football players to help my team. The worst thing you can do is reach because then you're saddled with a contract, a guaranteed contract for a guy that, isn't good enough and the opportunity costs hurt you. So, um, you know, Zach, and I'll, I'll speak for Zach at this point. Zach doesn't know the board. He doesn't know where the players, he's making this assumption that there will be a player available in that spot that fits the offensive line that is good enough to be drafted in that spot. And he would go there 100%. So would I, I agree with him. 
Yep. If but all I'm, things are that's under the assumption that there's a guy there. Do not yep. reach. I've said it once. I've said it ten times already today. Yep. And I will add the caveat just to be a you know actually kind of guy. One thing worse than reaching would be a being so desperate that you trade up and give up future assets for a singular position because you are overconfident that that singular guy is going to be better. That's how you end overspending. up overspending. Overspending. What like? Missing. But again, you stack good yeah. players. You'll be all right if that guy turns out to be a hit. You don't mind the spend. It depends on the position. Um, the 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 one that I come back to now. He's a great player, Chris Olave. The Saints giving up a first round pick to go up and get a non quarterback in the top twelve and giving up what's going to be a top ten pick in return. Bad business. Uh, that's that's one that hurts. Uh, you really got a good wide receiver. Twenty eight. Yeah. Know? That's. I just I trading up and giving up future assets uh, for a non quarterback uh, that early that much, especially a first round pick, is always concerning business for me not concerning coming in here glenn Hare. good morning morning to you uh appreciate you coming we got a guy trevor sandal coming in always good to hear from trevor saying morning nick scott in broncos country with the coffee we got our guy paul swallow out there in the other side of the state the opposite side of the cascades close to coeur d'alene out there in spokane washington i think that uh john elway has a home out there in coeur d'alene beautiful like beautiful little area we got our guy bobby durrett coming in saying trade out of the first round for more draft picks I'd be about it, but we talked about it already. Um, it would be amazing if somebody would offer that. You mm-hmm. don't know if that'll happen, um, but I'm I'm certainly for it. I'm here for stacking 2024 picks uh, to give yourself more young contracts. If you want to put yourself, that's where in- all the contracts are, Nick. I mean, yeah. the, the the Randy Gregory, the Russell Wilson. Yep. A lot of these contracts are set up that if this didn't work in two years with Russell Wilson, we can hit the reset button. That's how George Payton set it up. Like we said, we, George Payton has his flaws. He's ha- he's made his mistakes. But as far as cap management and contracts, he's been phenomenal. I think he's been terrific, except for Russell Wilson. Sorry. That contract was always coming with the trade. I still stand by that. <laughs> you don't make that trade without something he, something in the works. Uh, Sting guy, I'm the best player available guy. However, no doubt offensive line needs help. This team has a lot of problems. I don't know that any coach will fix it in one year. It's a multi-year process, uh, no doubt. And point I was going to make about trading back Um if you're moving on from Russell Wilson and have the massive dead cap hit, how do you feel a competent team? A lot of young cost controlled players. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's if you are having a massive dead cap hit, you're not going to be a player in free agency. You probably need a lot of guys on, you know, second, uh, second through fourth round picks playing. So trading back, I think is the, the way to make those lean years, not quite as lean. If that, if it does come to that, Trevor Sandal, Nick and Scott, what are you guys thoughts on the Broncos looking at Sean Payton as the head coach and him quitting on the saints? Uh, would that be something in your if you were general manager would worry you worries me some, well, if I'm bringing in Sean Payton, I'm worried. I'm still have a job. If I'm the general manager, um, I think it's uh, there's been talk of Jeff Ireland, I believe is the name. He's a longtime scouting director, assistant general manager with the saints uh, who's worked with Sean Payton. sounds like wherever Sean Payton goes, it's likely Ireland is going to be the general manager, but number two man in the final say personnel decisions. Uh, so, but yeah, I think it does. It, it would worry me some, that being said, that's a long-term issue where the short-term issue is your team probably sucks if you're looking at Sean Payton right now and you want to dig yourself out of that suckage, uh, not worried as much about the long, long-term impacts. The I don't have all the information. Yeah. You know, there's there's a, a zillion reasons that don't come to light of why he may have walked away. He may have been forced to walk away. I, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. There's stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Think of all the conspiracies with why Michael, Michael Jordan, I almost said Michael Jackson, why Michael Ooh. Jordan didn't play for a couple of years. Oh, you suspended gambling, all this stuff, you know, stuff that never came. You don't know. I'm not going to judge, but if I was about to hire, hire him and send a few draft picks and eight figures, nine figures worth of contract, 
Oh, I'd find out. <laughs> I'd find out. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd spend $5 million on a private investigating team, and I would find out. I promise you that. Yeah, 100%. We got our guy, Alessandro, saying good morning. Is there a list of uh, good free agent line uh, left guards? All steam is rebuild mode for quite some time. Things can turn around quickly in the NFL. That's one of the beautiful things about the game. Uh, if you get the right culture fit, coach, uh, hit a couple draft picks, and boom, you're back there contending. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals were laughing stock for a number, a number, a number of years, or just mediocre um, in the post Marvin Lewis era. They draft Joe Burrow, they draft Jamar Chase, and they are off to the bleeping races. Um, that's a, I'm. I'm I'm all in Bengals Super Bowl. That's my team uh, this year for the Super Bowl. That's who I'm pulling for. Uh, but uh, this team could turn around. Five year, that's a, probably about a five year process. If they if they're good at this year and they they hit last year, I think they were probably a year ahead mm-hmm. last year. So Bengals. four years before they went from building, building, draft, spend. Actually, they kind of went spend, draft. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the part where people forget is they dumped about three hundred million dollars into free agency before they made a couple of those, and then they were still bad enough to be the number one overall. Um, got their quarterback, spent on their defense, got their quarterback another weapon. Then they can address the offensive line. Doesn't all happen at once. Yeah. I mean, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, That's a, they've built some infrastructure on that offense and spent on the defense. And now they're drafting, I think it's the late stage contention, where when those teams are building, what do they go for? Secondary, because they have to be able to win those shootouts and have matchup guys in the in the uh the playoffs so uh we got deanna hendry coming on in on facebook look at yeah. her coming in from the other side over here sliding in the in the facebook door welcome <laughs> good to see you good to see you deanna we appreciate you coming in cute little kid with his uh captain captain uh steering wheel there we appreciate you um coming in of course we got our guy michael ronquillo saying good morning broncos country go broncos uh, alessandro as far as good left guards um isaac semialo uh, i think he plays more right guard for philly but he's one to keep an eye on uh, you have Nate Davis for the Titans is another name to keep an eye on. I'm curious what the Broncos do with the guard position. Um, would you move Quinn Miners to left guard, uh, keep him at right guard? I think there could be some movement there with some of those guys, but uh, we'll see. Um, and we got, sorry, uh, Joseph saying this might be the first time I've heard Nick pound the table about young cost control players. I can't tell if that's tongue in cheek or I not. Say that's pretty, uh, <laughs> I would say that's a joke on that one for sure. I would um, Darius Simmons. Um, coming come in and says, I don't agree with the hate Peyton is getting in Broncos country because everyone's excited when he made all those moves. Russ Hackett, it just didn't work out the way we wanted. And we, I think we did an entire show on this, Darius, uh, mm-hmm. on Broncos for Breakfast, where we talked about, you know, should he stay or should he go? If I'm giving a check mark on all the good things, it outweighs it. He's done, I think he's done more good than bad. The problem is the three big misses from the Russell Wilson trade. And again, it's it's a results business. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not being graded on our intentions unless we're politic, unless we're politicians, and we can lie about our intentions. So you're not being graded, you're graded on the results. The Russell Wilson trade looks like a disaster right now. The one I was not excited about, and I'll go back and pull it out. This is not hindsight grading, as we're talking about hindsight GMing, was two years left on a contract. There was no rush to get a new deal done for a Russell Wilson. I thought that was jumping the gun a little bit. Um, that's two, that's a contract that has hampered your team. And three was the Nathaniel Hackett hire turned out to be a freaking disaster. The thing is, is all for all the good things we're talking about, Darius, any one of those three is a team killer, which is a fireable offense for a general manager. So I still am on the side of, I like the more good than bad. Let's, we're going to, we're going to hit you. You're going to, we're going to hit your wagon to the next coach. 
assuming uh, I don't shoot for the moon and the coach doesn't want you. And I want the coach more than this guy, than the GM, mm -hmm. but one more time and your, your fate is tied to the next coach's fate. I guess that's still true because whatever the coach says, <laughs> you can still be gone. Yeah. So you're graded on results and he's got a couple in his ledger that make him vulnerable. Uh, Darius. Yeah. And also let's, it's way too early to put a final grade, but we can say we're like a quarter through the semester or something for this uh, 2022 draft class, Nick Benito um, full on runway for snaps. Now that Baron Browning has been hurt. Randy Gregory has been hurt. Bradley Chubb's traded. I mean, he's been being out snapped by like Wyatt Ray and Jacob Martin when he was out there and not having much of an impact. I know that he was a late second round pick, but you think you'd see some splashes out there from an edge rusher. That's a pretty flashy position, especially one that's speed pass rush centric. He's been a pretty much a no-show uh, for me. I haven't noticed 42 much at all. We may be talking a different tune if they played him against uh, Daniel, what was uh, the the big left tackle, the 400-pound kid? Daniel Falele. Falele against the Ravens in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Crying out for a speed rusher. Come on, man. An idiot like me can figure that one out. Yeah, They're trying to throw the ball, and you've got a guy you drafted for speed going against a 400-pound guy that can't move? This isn't rocket science, y'all. Yeah, that was a weird one. Still been pretty much a no-show. Uh, the Montreal Washington thing seems like, I know he's a fifth-round pick. Fifth-round picks can't be bust. They can be if you draft them purely for special teams and they flame out that badly. Um, <laughs> that's one that looks bad. He traded up for Luke Wattenberg, who looks horrible, and he's already 25 years old or something. I mean, that one doesn't look good as well. So I know that 2021 draft class was pretty damn good for Peyton, and rightfully so, but 2022 early returns look not great, out, not great outside of Greg Dulcich and... Damari Mathis. I think those are two that you can uh, hang your hat on as good players, but some of the ones not as good. And I honestly, you know what? I think the best move that George Payton made in the last draft, it was that trade um, of pick 96 to get the Indianapolis Colts third rounder this year, which is going to be like pick 80 or something right now, which is good return. I am always about, you know, getting future investments. I if can you get can. a starting offensive lineman at 80. 100 I can, 100%. I can go, we can go through the draft and look at 80 and below and I can find five or six starters in the NFL yep. uh, on the, on the interior offensive line. Hell, even I think the highest rated tackle might still be Braxton Jones. I'm positive. He went after that one. Alabama says, Hey Scott, which wide receiver will the Falcons be taking in the first round this year? Uh, Nick. Quentin, Quentin Johnston from TCU. Yep. There you go. There, there's your answer. They, they need another big, tall, fast pass catcher that they won't throw to. But when they do, it'll be great, man. Ooh, it'll be really fun when they do that. <laughs> oh, we got Alex says, Edge will be a need because we can't count on Randy Gregory to stay healthy. And I'm not counting on Randy Gregory to be on this team in 2024. So, I mean, can you count on Baron Browning to be healthy? I love Baron Browning, but he's his first two years in the NFL so far have been a myriad of injuries out there. Yeah. So, Edge is a huge need. Um, and I think this, this Kansas City game we saw last week, the Broncos pass rush, stunk out loud the the rams game the edge rushers uh, in run defense the outside zone they stunk out loud uh mm -hmm. and granted you are injured you're missing draymond jones you're missing a lot of guys but this is a uh really poor uh defensive line right now um they're probably fielding one of the worst defensive lines in football with how many injuries they've had edge is a need so getting back to um you know we, we've we've run through this here um let's get to the the topic the the draft because that included needs according to jordan reed yeah, but first, I want to say hello to our guy, Patrick, uh, saying build offensive line with some free agents, then dig in and draft, draft, draft. Got to get some offensive line and free agency. No doubt about that. Also, one more here. Kathy, oh, 
Facebook. I'm gonna users. hit. I'm gonna hit this one. I can't tell who you are though because you're coming in through um, one of the Facebook groups that I don't have access to, and it has different settings. So mm-hmm. throw your name in here so we make sure we got the right person. It says more to men going to the hospital for my wife to have baby number four this morning. Ooh, Could use a prayer for Broncos country to get things going smoothly. Absolutely. Tell us who you are. Can't yeah. tell for sure. Yeah, or don't if you don't want to. You know, they yeah, won't violate okay. HIPAA. <laughs> if you want to be the face, maybe his name is Facebook user on there. And last one, I want to say ha- hello to, we have <laughs> they to. wouldn't let that happen. My my uh, my brother in law's last name is Player, and they wouldn't they wouldn't Facebook wouldn't let him put his name in. They thought it was a joke. Ah, oh, really? That's for a long time. He had to fight it. <laughs> I swear to you. <laughs> and his wife got you know I like I only like I only raise players or something like that for a t shirt. Yeah. It was pretty good. That is pretty good. Also pretty good. Kathy coming in. Um, Hello, Nick Scott in Broncos country. Surgery went well. Thank you for all for having my back. Well, Kathy, I appreciate you coming in and letting us know. I saw you on Twitter the other day. I'm retweeting you and you know, giving, sending you good vibes. Uh, glad that you are on the up and up and hopefully you can hang around and watch plenty of football. Hey, you know, it's, it's, if you're going to be bedridden for a bit, you know, recovering good time to start getting yourself familiar with the draft class uh, and yeah, talking and, about, and there's plenty of football to watch where you are too. So you, you got, you got football. Well, it's in the evenings then, but there's still yeah. different times between football and football. So mm-hmm. got a little Chelsea at three o'clock Eastern today. So yeah, absolutely. Well, getting into the draft here, uh, Jordan Reed, uh, long time NFL, uh, not a long time NFL draft friend of the show. Would... Could we say, what was that friend of mile high huddle? Yes. Um, he's actually been on, uh, Carl and I have had him on building the Broncos, I think three or four times mm-hmm. um, back when he was an up and coming player. And I thought he was a very well-spoken, intelligent uh, analyst. And uh, he was worked. This is before he worked for the draft network. And then two years ago, ESPN picked him up to kind of be the up and coming draft analyst for them doing a lot more of the site stuff versus the Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, you know, camera stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's, he's on his way up. Uh, Jordan Reed's a great uh, good friend of the show, former, I think, SWAC conference quarterback in college um, as well, and uh, did some coaching. So now draft analyst, working on the media side of things, and this is his second year at ESPN, and he released his mock draft 1.0, and who does he have the Broncos taking? Everybody, you can uncover your ears, you can uh, put away the booze. He has the Broncos drafting an offensive lineman with a 27th overall pick, obviously uh, coming via the Bradley Chubb trade, but it's San Francisco's pick, so we're pulling for San Francisco to not get that one seed and also for an early, early loss. The Brock Purdy story is fun. Let's get him knocked out of the playoffs if we can. But the 27th overall pick, offensive tackle from the University of Tennessee, go Vols, uh, Darnell Wright. Uh, and Jordan Reed uh, writes about the pick, saying, the main focus of the offseason should be centered around Russell Wilson and correcting what, what went wrong during his first season in Denver. That starts with better protection after the Broncos allowed 61 sacks through 16 games, most in the NFL. Wright has continued to improve every time he stepped on the field, and I think he will be a big riser as we get closer to April. There are some scouts who feel he will be best, could be the best right tackle in this year's crop, and he'd be a day one starter for Denver. His core strength and power allow him to easily generate movement at the point of attack and halt pass rushers at the peak of his pass sets. Uh, so there you go, Scott, offensive tackle. Obviously, um, we talked before the show, you haven't watched too much John L. Wright yet, but from what Jordan Reed wrote there, <laughs> what, any thoughts on the uh, selection there for the Broncos? Well, he says he'll be a big riser. So one to watch. And then I also, what I find interesting is he, he leads, he leaves three needs for the team that we're talking about. And it says, you know, OL, I think it says OL. No, it says O tackle. I just put OL in there, frankly. Yeah. Uh, and then next it says edge, which is what we've been talking about. So again, a sneaky 
there is the Aki, there isn't an unlocked version. I just wanted to keep that in there because I wanted to to credit our source, even mm-hmm. if we're reading part of it. Um so OL edge corner was he put the the three needs. Now I thought if he really wanted to be uh gutsy, he puts quarterback on there instead of one of those other positions. I mean how many of you would say if I were to come in here and say quarterback is a need for the Denver Broncos, would you say, no, it's not. Or would you say, yes, it is. Would you agree with me? I think most in Broncos country would probably agree with me at this point. However, we understand that no resources are going to be poured into the quarterback position directly this year. Cause you've got one more year where your wagon is hitched to Russell Wilson. I disagree uh, with you. Just the caveat that, the backup quarterback, uh, you need to replace. Burt. Yeah, I mean, you're, talking, you're not, you're not using a first round pick yes. there. Yes. Right. I, you're, you're and I, and, but you agree with me that it is a need that the quarterback position is, is a, a starting quarterback position is a need. It's definitely one that you are going to be considering there and you're probably going to do your work on this class. Uh, you don't really have the resources to trade up for a guy and lose those cost controlled players. Uh, but definitely something to consider. I think you probably are looking to take a, day three swing on a guy just for development and getting another arm in there that can replace Brett Rippon. And it, the backup quarterback is a hundred percent a need. Uh, Brett Rippon is not enough out there. You probably, he's not also a quality enough quarterback where let's say Russell Wilson is struggling this much again next year. And you want to protect yourself from injury, increasing his chances for the injury guarantees on his contract for the 2024 season. Uh, that's, that's when you want to watch out for. Uh, so who was Jeremy selected? Sean asks who was selected after 27th. 28 was Devin Witherspoon, cornerback Illinois to the Cowboys. Brian Branch, safety, defensive back Alabama to Buffalo Bills. PJ Ojolari, edge, Kansas City Chiefs. And 31 was Clark Phillips, corner out of Utah to the Eagles. And also uh, Devon Witherspoon um, went one pick after at pick 28 to the Cowboys. I said that. Um, Unless I screwed his name up. I, I just heard Brian Branch okay. um, when you went Bills. Uh, Devon Witherspoon, cornerback from zero star cornerback from uh, University of Illinois. He was a pretty fun player this year out there for the Illini. Um, man, he is the <laughs> Illinois kind of ticked me off because they beat Iowa. Was it like nine to six this year? What an ugly game! Everyone drank, but uh, I don't man, know. He if is... you weren't in, if you weren't directly invested in Illinois or Iowa, you didn't watch that game. So no one knows but you, Nick. <laughs> well, he is a grade A uh, trash talker. Um, he is a chirper for sure, which I kind of appreciate from my cornerback position. He's got a Coming big personality. From his background, he needed to have a little bit of an edge. Yep. You know, I mean, he's not out there with a quiet confidence. He's got to be out there with a, hey, look at me. Yep. Pay attention to me type of vibe, which is good for a corner. And you get beat, you know, that's all right. Yeah, nice, nice play. I'm going to get you next time. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Yeah, and they put him out on an island. They love to play uh, cover one there at Illinois this season, and he was up in a press situation a lot, and he held his own. He's pretty easy to see. He wears number zero, um, which is obvious for a cornerback out there. Uh, but, yeah, the Broncos going Darnell Wright, offensive tackle from Tennessee. Um, the other offensive lineman to go off the board in this draft class, uh, we had coming off the one before the Broncos pick there, would have been – I'm still scrolling – this Luke Van great. Ness, defensive end, Iowa. I think that was the guy you were pointing out to me, Nick, as the, the traits guy. No wonder you like this Jordan Reed guy. Lucas Van Ness. I mean, yeah, I've been talking to Dane Brugler for a bit about him. Like, watch this guy. He's a freak. He had, like, a bunch of sacks um, from the interior last year. I wasn't sure he was going to come out. But, uh, yeah, Lucas Van Ness is a traits guy galore. Um, so, offensive lineman picked before the Broncos selection. Number 17 overall, you got Osiris Torrance going to the Steelers. Guard 
um, from Florida, actually transferred from Louisiana. Definitely a power gap scheme kind of guy. Buy stock in that kid. Steelers don't miss on guards. (laughs) Seems to be true for the most part. And he'd be a great fit for them if they're going to run more uh, inside zone gap power. Um, Broderick Jones, 15 overall to the Patriots. Offensive tackle from Georgia. You got Paris Johnson going 13 overall to the New York Jets. And then you have Peter Skaronsky, offensive tackle slash offensive line, uh, going 10 overall to the Tennessee Titans. So the Broncos with the fifth offensive lineman off the board. They're the only, uh, the last offensive lineman taken. And I got to say, I think Darnell Wright, he is a fine uh, offensive line prospect. And when you're picking 27 overall, like the, uh, the Broncos are, you're probably getting a day two grade player. Darnell Wright's a day two grade player uh, for me. I do not see the traits in his movement skills or in space to be a no doubt quality tackle prospect. Honest to God, the guy he reminds me a lot of, and this is one of Scott and I's first early on shows. So this is one of my favorite prospects in that class was a uh, Tevin Jenkins, um, mm-hmm. a mean guy at the point of attack, maybe a little bit sloppy in pass protection from time to time can get lunge, can get a little bit over his skis, uh, not the best uh, foot speed on the move in the run game or handling edge rushers, especially ones with uh, good finesse moves against him. Uh, he Darnell Wright. Now he did have a solid game this season against Will Anderson in that game, but it kind of reminded me of Cam uh, Cam Robinson versus Miles Garrett, which was a good matchup in whatever draft class that was. Miles Garrett just ran right at him the whole game, didn't try any moves or anything. And if you're running right at a big guy, guess what? He's going to have an okay time against you. That was honestly a disappointing game from Will Anderson because he didn't really show much nuance as a pass rusher. But uh, I think I think Miles Garrett probably has twenty five pounds on on Will Anderson though. Yeah. Oh, he does. He's yeah. He's I mean, I, I remember I I remember doing a video on Miles Garrett. This is our number one because we had some questions. This is our number one defensive end, and this is why. So he was number one in the country at yeah. the time. But Aki comes in, he says, it would be great if the Broncos could emulate how the Dolphins accumulated multiple first-round picks, but Denver doesn't have a Tunzel or the number three overall pick to trade back. Yeah. Uh, and Denver kind of does have a Tunzel, but that would mean you're trading Patrick Sertan. Um, that's the the guy that you're talking about getting multiple first-round picks for. Yep. You're probably two years away from having that conversation. I think they traded Tunzel uh, right before his fifth-year option went into play, and that's that's the conversation. So that, I mean, if the Broncos are still this bad in two years, maybe you reset the contracts there. Um, and it would be more of the Jalen Ramsey uh, situation where he's like, Oh, this team is not really going anywhere. We need to get multiple young assets because this is, we're not in a position with where our team is at right now. $25 million a year. Yeah. Or I could get two first round picks for him. Hmm. Plus more. Yeah. I mean, and there's teams out there that will be in the, area of their trajectory where it would make sense to give up those picks for that guy. But if the Broncos are still that bad, then maybe not, but that's we're a ways away from that. But yeah, darn all right. Uh, solid player, really good run blocker, especially at the point of attack. Uh, Tennessee used him a lot in uh, power. Uh, they used him to pull a good bit. Now he looked a little bit lumbering in space compared to what I personally want for an outside zone centric tackle. One of the reasons that I think he probably would be best at guard uh, for an outside zone centric team. I know Scott will roll his eyes at this in your drafting players in the first round. You want them to be scheme independent. I think he is scheme independent, but he will always be somewhat of a liability. If you're asking him to be a purely outside zone offensive tackle, I just don't think he has the, the range uh, to hit some of those, bo- uh, hit some of those blocks and hit moving targets at the second level. But if you want to be a more of a run centric team, a gap centric team, a power team, 
then I think he'd be a fine fit there at right tackle. The other thing with him, he's about 6'5", 335, 340. Um, I'm not super worried about Russell Wilson seeing over him. Uh, there's a right tackle in this class that is ext- very talented, but he's like 6'9". Um, yeah, there's Spencer Brown. Even bigger. I think he's this player coming in is going to have the longest wingspan of any player ever coming out of college football in uh, Dewan Jones from uh, Ohio State. But I, he's so big <laughs> that like you have to question the ability to pair him with Russell Wilson. That's how tall he is. And Michael Harris says, so when are we going to invest in a right tackle? This could be it. You know, mm-hmm. this could be this could be your pick right here. Uh, darn all right. That's where uh, Jordan Reed of ESPN in his first mock draft has the Broncos going after a right tackle here. Yep. 100%. Uh, so it's definitely a possibility. Um, he had a good year this year. Uh, and I think Darnell Wright, the one thing I really like about Darnell Wright, and this is something I've talked about with Calvin Anderson, especially, uh, you want your offensive lineman to have projection to multiple spots across the offensive line because you want to get the best five out there. And with Calvin Anderson, it seems like he's a left tackle only and he's a backup quality left tackle only. There's not many roster spots for pure backup left tackles out there. Um, you need to be able to, if you're a backup caliber player, you need to be able to play three spots. If you're a back end of the first round player, unless you're, you know, a no doubt athlete project at tackle, you need to be able to translate to multiple spots. I think um, with Darnell Wright, you raise the floor of the draft pick a lot because if he fails at right tackle, I think he's going to be a really good guard. I know right. that there are some in the league that think he's going to be more of a guard than a tackle. And he can dig guys out at the point of attack. He's a butt kicker uh, at the point of attack as a uh, run blocker, which fits very well for guard. Alessandro Alejandro just says, Scott just said Seattle can trade down from the number three overall draft pick. Yeah, it, it struck me when they're talking about how Miami accumulated a bunch of picks. Laramie Tunsil was one. The other one was they had the number three overall draft pick. Uh, and they traded it back for three first-round picks, including that one. Uh, so they picked up two extra first-rounders from the San Francisco 49ers. They used to take Trey Lance. They then gave up one of those, speaking of using another first-round pick, to trade back up to six, I believe it was, and took Jalen Waddle. So they kind of – Jalen Waddle's a good player, but who they really, really wanted in that draft, and they gambled they could still get him, was Jamar Chase. And mm-hmm. the Bengals kind of – there was a lot of thought that the Bengals would go offensive line and take Penny Sewell in that spot. But they took Jamar Chase. It may have been a can't miss type of thing, but right now the Jamar Chase looks like a really good pick for the Cincinnati Bengals, and they can address the offensive line later. Um, you know, do they get as far as they did last year if they've got a better offensive lineman versus Jamar Chase? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but yeah, it, it struck me as ironic there that the other piece that the Broncos don't have besides Laramie Tunsil is that same number three pick that is now in the hands of the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Hundred percent, and I'm of the opinion that an elite difference-making wide receiver is more impactful than an elite difference-making offensive tackle. Didn't say valuable, mm-hmm. impactful, um, because they obviously are the guys out there making plays. Um, yeah, and- it it goes. They were they were good enough. You know, they they survived enough with the offensive line that you know, and, and Jamar Chase made enough plays. But you ask yourself, if I protect Jamar, uh, you know, Joe Burrow just this much more. Could I have been able to get enough production from someone other than Chase to maybe win some of those games? We'll never know. We'll never mm-hmm. know some of those naysayers. With uh, that's a, it's a good question. I think they were in, they were Cincinnati was in a good. That was a good top end of that draft. We talked oh, about it all year. Oh, yeah, that you go like one to twelve. You were either going to get a quarterback of the future or a really exciting player. The Broncos got Pat Sertan. 
and then it was it was tough to miss unless you're the Jets and took Zach Wilson. And we'll see about the 49ers trading up for Trey Lance. Um, maybe Trey Lance becomes available. Maybe he's your backup quarterback. For but the it was your your hope for the quarterback of the future. We didn't expect any of those guys to be right away impact players because they were going to bad teams and the rookie quarterbacks. So at least mm-hmm. you have the hope of yeah of the the quarterback of the future. Hundred percent. We got Brooke L and official music saying good morning, y'all. Just got here. Um, that was a little bit ago, so we've been hanging out for a bit. Uh, saying have a great day, go Broncos. One last win to end the season, please. Absolutely. Uh, we definitely want to close out one more game, and I want to get to one thing here about Jordan Reed uh, that he talked about here: sixty-one sacks through sixteen games, most in the NFL. Don't get me wrong; the offensive line is bad this season. A lot of those sacks have been brought on by Russell Wilson. Let's just be completely honest; it was an issue with him in Seattle. And we watched the games this season. How many times does he, you know, try to escape the pocket and hasn't been able to Um, guys have been open, try to climb the pocket, but in a way that is trying to escape through it versus climbing up while you're still in a throwing position. Uh, At some point, how many did the sacks they say 61, probably this off season might have to go back and like watch all the sacks and assess blame uh, time to throw options that are open, et cetera, et cetera. But from my Multiple viewings of the games, offensive line has been an issue, no doubt. I have just as much, if not more, issue with the run blocking than I do pass blocking. Uh, But I think Russell Wilson is equally to blame uh, for a lot of those sacks. There's timing and trust that will develop over the course of a year. You hope that should improve. Like I said, I for for all this the shtick that that Russell Wilson has gotten for this, I saw Matt Ryan go through the same thing with Indianapolis, watching him where he was a hair late releasing the ball. I'm like, Matt Ryan makes that throw. I've seen it a zillion times and it it has nothing to do with arm strength or anything like that, where it's, he's holding on to it just a tick longer than usual because he's just not as comfortable where he is with the Colts as he's been with the Falcons. Hopefully Matt Ryan's not going to get another chance with the Colts. Russell Wilson will get another chance with the Broncos. Another year of trust, timing, comfort, hopefully, helps alleviate some of those concerns, some of those, some of those problems. And I think they're also going to do a better job of putting a scheme that Russell Wilson will excel at. Uh, I won't go into the speculation of how much involvement Russell had in this uh, scheme, specifically the design of it, but uh, we'll see. So um, overall looking at this though, uh, do you have any other thoughts about the Broncos adding, um, excuse me, Jordan Reed adding offensive tackle edge and cornerback as the positions of need here for the Broncos? What do you think about cornerback? I mean, obviously, now that Damari Mathis is hurt, that's definitely a you're you're an uh-oh land uh, there at cornerback. Maybe the Broncos shouldn't have waived OG Moody. I guess Lamar Jackson looked okay. I saw some people crediting him. He's long. Yeah, he's really yeah, long. Yeah, he's big. <laughs> yeah, he's a long guy. Interesting. Um, I mean, that's an interesting prospect. He looks, you know, he, he, I'm not going to say stiff, but he doesn't look as fluid as you know a smaller guy might. And part of that's just size. But he's he's a press and release. Maybe I can help set the edge. Nickel type. That's a that's an interesting prospect there. Yeah, hundred percent. And Facebook users saying, "Oh my, oh my!" Watched last night's show late, and here you are now. You guys are beasts. Yeah, Scott and I do six shows a week ish. Well, Scott's here more than that because he's in the background, but I'm I'm up here, you know, flexing the vocal cords about six six shows a week and stepping in on some other ones as well. So, we're, you know, it's just a we're just a bunch of draft orcuses um enjoy yeah, the game. beats working for a living so it's it's because of y'all that that we can that we can do this for sure so thank you again for everybody mm-hmm. that comes in and and supports the chat uh the likes the shares the supers the, the stars all of you again happy new year and thank you very much
Yeah, appreciate the heck out of you guys coming in and supporting us. Uh, before we get on out of here, um, wrapping up, talking a little bit of Jim Harbaugh to start the show about the news about uh, he's hired an agent. Carolina and Denver and Indy are certainly after him. Uh, some speculation that Carolina would be his preferred destination, but that one was admittedly speculation. Um, and talking about Darnell Wright uh, being dra- mock drafted to the Broncos by Jordan Reed on ESPN. Probably do need to spend the last like five minutes or so talking about the Broncos playing the Chargers the last game of the season. Had a lot of hope this game might would be a you know a win and get in kind of situation for the Broncos. Now it sounds like it might be a completely uh, meaningless game this week. I believe there is a scenario uh, out there with the God, it might be the Patriots and Bills game and the um, Ravens Bengals game where the this the Broncos game that kicks off at two twenty five p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, will have no meaning uh, for the Chargers. They might have the fifth seed wrapped up, in which case you might not see. Why would they play Justin Herbert? Why would they play? That's not fair. I like the way, uh, you know, other leagues do it. Um, I'm specifically speaking of soccer. They play everybody at the same time on the last day. Everybody. It's not fair that I could rest starters because I've already clinched this based on what happened that day. Now, if I've earned it going in and I'm – 14 and 14 and two going into the last week and I got a two game cushion and I want to rest everybody. That's different. That's one thing. Yeah. But on the day of the game, I get an advantage knowing what other players or what other teams have done. And I don't, I don't think that's fair. I agree with you. It's not about fair. It's about money. How can I get more, uh, more teams on television? Yep. And uh, we knew, we know that coming in. So it doesn't yeah, I sting, know. I know. sting that much, but uh I wanted I wanted to hit this this from Aki Dragon real quick because I've seen some discussion about when can you know how do I improve the offensive line? It takes long for these guys to develop and free agency. But Aki comes in and he says, "How are the Broncos going to fix the line in one offseason when they haven't been able to fix it in over a decade?" It's a, it's a valid point. Um, and again, for me, it's not fix; it's improve. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're always building. You're not going to all of a sudden have an offensive line they don't have to worry about for the next five years this offseason. Mm-hmm. And it's not just can I go in the offensive line and free agency or draft. It's both, man. I want, I've said a zillion times, I want three of each. I want three draft picks of your bunch. And I'm hoping you can can trade down a few spots and maybe add some. I want three draft picks. I want three free agents. I want six new bodies coming to camp competing for for the for those spots. Six. Um, now, you know, can rookies improve your offensive line? Yes. Yes, they can. I can go through a list of 10 rookies that have been, that I could pick out on other teams that were probably available when the Broncos picked that would have been better options than what you put on the field this year. Yes, you can improve fix. That's a relative term. Can you improve? Yes. I full wholeheartedly believe you can improve this offensive line this year without a doubt no questions asked and i'm gonna go all points and obviously this is such a multifaceted uh question or answer to this question how can you improve this offensive line well i think by improving the circumstances a lot you can improve how the offensive line functions as well uh it's something i've talked about here a lot uh but the broncos number one in the nfl this year in procedural errors on the offensive side of the ball uh false starts holdings um just terrible and then you put yourself behind the ball I would assume the Broncos have game delay of game. That's the other. Yep. That one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and with those, uh, you have the issues of then third and longs. I would imagine, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I would imagine the Broncos have the longest average 
yards to go on third down in the NFL, which makes it exceedingly hard for your play caller and your offensive line, because then those guys can pin their ears back. Uh, and part of that last is the procedures. Year last year too, but I think even more so uh, this season than it's last third and year. Seven was average last year, which drops from like third and three is like a 60% conversion rate. I'm going just, these are, these aren't exact numbers to like 25%. Yep. You know, when you get to crazy, you know, seven or above. And that's one reason I'm so gung ho about the the run game uh, for the Broncos this season. Being better on the run, you need to give yourself third manageables. You need to stay on schedule. Way too often this year it was third and 10, third and 13, and you don't have the quarterback that's really helping himself in the pocket. You don't have the offensive line that is helping him. It's it's a disaster. And then it's you know taking those sacks as even worse, or sacks on first and second down. You're just getting off schedule. So staying on schedule more, I think, with better run game infrastructure will help a lot, better coaching uh, with the procedural stuff there. And then back to coaching, Butch Berry was an issue. Um, we heard about him being an issue. Scott and I talked about it uh, from some sources on the team that Butch Berry was a problem. OTAs, uh, there were issues there with between the players and Butch Berry, which is crazy. I mean, we heard about that pretty immediately. Um, and now he's gone. You'd assume Does that you'd have, have enough improved. of a resume where he can go in and be a problem like that. I, I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, Munchak comes in and upsets some people. You kind of side with Munchak. Yep. You know, Rosberg comes in for what it's worth and. I'm not buying the report that players were complaining, but if they do, so what? You haven't earned the right to complain, yeah, you know? So who is Butch Berry where he comes in with this causing problems? Yeah. It reminds me of uh, one of my favorite quotes in the movie holes um, where they're digging out there looking for the treasure and whatnot. And he's like, grandpa, I'm tired. Well, that's too damn bad. That's how I feel about <laughs> players complaining about Jared tired Ross. for the week. That's just pain yeah. leaving your body. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, we got Joy entering our body here, <laughs> whatever that means. Deanna Hendry, twenty dollars. Uh, said morning, good morning, Deacon Scott and Nick. Deanna coming in on YouTube and Facebook today. We appreciate the heck out of you. Uh, we also got man, you guys are killing it with the super chats here. We got to give our final score predictions here for this uh, exhibition game for the Broncos. Uh, <laughs> Jesse Fraley coming in saying thanks for a great show and discussion. We appreciate you, Jesse. A uh, cute dog pick. We always appreciate the dog picks. Hit me up on Twitter with the dog picks. I'm all about that. Uh, Scott and I are both animal lovers. Uh, no doubt, we both love our. Love our dogs tremendously. Uh, Aki Dragon. 16 pound cat is sleeping right there. Right. I'm pointing to the left for those of you listening. I had to leave my door open because he didn't sleep at all in the night. He was jumping up and down on me all night. So he's sleeping now. I'm going to wake his ass up in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we got Aki Dragon, $5. Thank you so much, Aki. Saying another season where Nick and Scott outperformed the Broncos. Thanks, gentlemen. Well, that's really nice of you to say, Aki. Bar's not that high, um, obviously, for that to be the case, uh, unfortunately. And eventually, we'll cover a winning team, no doubt about that. Um, Dom saying, love holes reference. Yep, uh, 100%. Record scratch moment there for Nick. Sorry, I definitely had to yell on my yell on my mic for that one. Uh, that's one of my favorite. <laughs> that's too damn bad. Uh, but final score prediction for the Broncos and the Chargers. It's really hard to predict uh, because we don't know this Broncos team at this point with the injuries, and we don't know if it's going to be the Chargers starters at all. This could be a game that has no impact on anything other than maybe the Broncos don't give a top three pick to the Seahawks. And for that, I am hoping, coping, praying that that's the case. The Broncos can get a win and not give the Seahawks a top three pick. I'm going to go Broncos win this one 20 to 17 going out on good vibes, baby. That's the only way to go. I don't care (laughs) either way. 2017 Broncos. Denver wins this game, can drop the number three pick as low as six. That would be amazing. Yeah, as low as six. But then we start getting into strength of schedule component. So maybe five. Um, We'll see. But it could also end up with the 
number two overall pick. Uh, depend, but the Bears, the Bears just shut down Justin Fields. They're done. We're like we're making sure we have a top two pick. By God, we don't yeah. want to blow our what nine game losing streak. Yeah, we don't want to blow our nine game losing streak. We didn't lose for nine weeks just to blow it on the last day. Yeah, one of the, the Bears in the first game. two spots are in a really, really good position right yeah. now to to either trade to trade back or get a monster on defense. But I'm not making a prediction, man. I'm I, I don't. I'm, I'm not. I mean, the, the Chargers are better than the Broncos, but yes. who's going to show up on the field personnel-wise? What is anybody playing for? We don't know. You know, so making a prediction, like you said right now, is kind of kind of pointless. The, the, it, the Chargers should win this game. Will they? We don't know. We don't know if, if it's going to matter to anybody. So if they're playing for something, Chargers win it. If they're not, the Chargers still probably win it. We'll see. There you go. Uh, yeah, that's uh, we saved the last five minutes of the show for that groundbreaking groundbreaking analysis from Scott and I. <laughs> but uh, well, the, Char- the Chargers, I mean, they've they've won four in a row. They they yeah. want to keep their momentum going, even if it's with you know backups that are trying to earn a job. If they're not playing their starters, that's okay. Those guys are trying to say, "Hey, I want more time," or they're trying to put some film out there for other teams because they're probably on one year deals. So it, their reserves will be playing for something. Yeah, and for me, since this is kind of an exhibition game, what are you watching for for the Broncos here? Uh, I'm looking to see if the offensive personnel and play calling is once again heavy uh, design this week where you see a lot more tight ends and under center uh, work from the Broncos because I think if that's the case again, you see the Broncos maybe that saying like, hey, this is working. We're moving the football this way. Maybe that's the type of offense you want to run going forward, and I think that also might be some concessions potentially from Russell Wilson and the style of football that he wanted to play reportedly uh, coming to Denver and what he wanted to play his last few seasons in Seattle versus what's working and what he's worked uh, doing in Denver, looking for some young guys to hopefully contribute. Um, again, I talked, called him out s- somewhat earlier, but Nick Benito uh, they've had not had Rashawn Slater all year. Let's see a Nick Benito sack. I mean, God, let's see some pr- pressures out there. But there's, there's been a couple good pass rushes a game from him, mainly the outside, you know, running the loop kind of thing. Uh, but Hopefully see a little bit better from him. Quinn Miners in the run game. Hopefully get some more of that. I'm looking to see if the running backs can be involved in the pass game again as well. Love the Chase Edmonds work uh, last week. And the wide receivers. I mean, was that Cortland Sutton game the best we've seen of him since week two versus the Texans? I mean, he was out there making plays. He made that massive tackle on Legereus Sneed. Uh, hopefully the refs wouldn't rob him of a terrible. I know, uh, got robbed of a beautiful catch in traffic. Yeah. That's... The hospital ball. He went high in traffic to pick it up. Luckily he didn't get hurt hospital ball <laughs> Scott, scott's getting a little salty on our way out of here guys um but uh yeah it'd be great to see some guys uh, stack some picks I, I, I don't i can't remember like phone numbers and stuff but this irishman remembers that kind of stuff for a long time <laughs> well guys we appreciate the heck idea coming in here um joining us today last show of the week uh We'll see what happens with the broncos and we're going to be shifting into the offseason here don't go anywhere obviously the season's ending but Unfortunately, the real season for the Broncos has just begun once again because the off seasons have been far more entertaining and enjoying than about from halfway through the season on uh, for the Broncos, unfortunately. So coaching search, free agency, NFL draft, general manager drama, new ownership drama. I mean, there's going to be a lot to cover here. The Broncos, once again, find themselves in the drama and the storylines of the offseason, not in the good ways, but... Uh, so we're going to be here covering it. They're a content machine for us. So we appreciate that. Make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod, as well as of course at mile high huddle. 
you haven't done so yet, if you're on Facebook or you have a Facebook account uh, still, make sure you're joining us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. That way you can see when we go live, you can join in the conversations there on the videos and all the other uh, comments that are made on those pages. And as the ticker says underneath there for our folks on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and share, uh, hit that bell icon. So that way, you know, when we go live, Scott and I are typically pretty good, you know, coming live about five minutes in um, or so, uh, but some of the other shows a little, a little bit later, um, but that way, you know, you're not just hanging around waiting. You can you know, be doing dishes or walking the dog. And then you get that notification saying, Hey, huddle ups live, go on, get your butts in the seats and uh, start listening and tuning in and join the conversation. Um, we got Michael Ronquillo saying black Monday for head coaches head coaches and potentially general managers and other people as well. Yeah. So we'll be here. We'll do, two, we'll do doing two shows on Monday. We'll be on uh, my channel, which is just slash Scott Kennedy on YouTube. And then uh, we'll be here for Broncos for breakfast on Monday. So it, it will, should be a busy time. And then Chad and Zach will be back on Monday night. So to react to all of this stuff. So it'll be a busy day on Monday here with us. So again, make sure you're subscribing and following. Tell a friend, tell a friend. Yeah, 100%. appreciate everybody coming in here, joining us today. Um, last show of the regular season. It's been a wild ride. Uh, it's been a time. It's been good. I don't know if it's been a good time, but uh, appreciate all you guys. Um, any final thoughts, Scott, before we wrap it on up here? Any uh, plans, anything to watch for, anything you're excited about? You know, and that's that's one of the problems with this, you know, this the roster right now is with all the injuries, it's like there's not even a ton of young guys. You know, who, who do I want to watch? I wanna, I wanna, how about Uwazarike? You know, I saw him play. That's somebody I'd, I'd like to see play a lot. I'd mm-hmm. like to see him get 40 snaps. Um, you know, can Jonathan Cooper be that guy where we talk about edge? Can he be a first guy off the, the bench kind of edge? Let's take a look at that. Um, you know, I love I love uh, Kwan Williams, but he'll be back another year. Mm-hmm. Um, Latavius Murray, I, li- I really like watching him play. And I think maybe one of the more intriguing options is can Albert Okwebenom stack another good game on top of of his last one that could be very important for him and the Broncos. So those are some of the storylines I'll be watching this weekend. Yeah. hundred percent. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, no doubt. And bad Bronco football is better than no Bronco football. So we'll appreciate that. Um, and also Scott and I probably Monday, we'll talk a little bit of a national championship game as well. Georgia TCU just, you know, the last ending up that one. So good times. Uh, appreciate everyone coming in. Make sure you're continuing to choose kindness and compassion. Have a good weekend. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.